Mayor Jim Kenney joins us to defend his tax hike proposal on Inside Story next. Mayor Jim Kenney from Philadelphia joins us. Good to have you, Mayor, on Inside Story. Good morning. Good to be here. Let's talk about your tax hike. Uh, you're proposing a 6% hike in property taxes to cover a budget deficit with Philadelphia schools, estimated to be at $900 million over the next five years. You want to also increase the real estate transfer tax and slow the cuts that they had planned for the wage tax. I wanted to get some reaction from some of the residents in Philadelphia this is what Desmond Shannon of Mount Airy said. The real estate tax was raised when Mayor Nutter was in office for schools. Then the cigarette tax. Then the soda tax. Now back to the real estate tax. Where is the money going? Why are these taxes not making enough of an impact that every year they want more money? We expected this, this deficit to occur. And there are lots of issues out of our control. Pension costs, health care costs that are just they're just ballooning out of control. Harrisburg has somewhat withdrawn from their constitutional responsibility to fund education, which is their state responsibility. Um, our choice is do we let our children continue to flounder, allow, allow um, poverty to continue to be as high as it is, or do we actually take care of our own children and pay for our own children's education as it's done in the suburbs. Um, the suburban schools have a better reputation than we do because they fund them, and they fund them through real estate tax revenues. We lose thousands and thousands of people every year that become go from millennials to, to 20, late 20, 30-somethings when, they, when they start having forming families and having kids. Investing in our education is an economic development effort to keep that cohort of people here and to also give our kids who are living in struggling neighborhoods the opportunity to break out of that poverty, to become taxpayers, to become homeowners. But, if, Mayor, are you worried about pushing them out before they have kids, saying, I just don't want my real estate taxes to keep going up? No, that's not what we're getting from that group, that, that young group of people. They don't talk about taxes. They talk about quality of life. They talk about bike lanes. They talk about schools. They talk about the things that they're interested in. And I, I understand. No one wants to pay taxes for anything. And what we've seen in, in Harrisburg is that the inability to, to raise revenue has pushed us into gaming, has pushed us into other kind of quirky things to pay for government. At some point in time, we have to pay for our education. The most important thing a government can do for its population is educate its kids because those educated kids become the base of the future. Um, if we're track, trying to track Amazon or some other large company here, where did, how do they find the employees that they need if they're not educated and prepared for the workforce. And I am not going to allow us to slip back into the days where Dr. Height's going to have to cut librarians, cut nurses, cut counselors, increase class size, do all the things that we didn't want to happen, which caused our kids to remain in poverty. And there's no, other, there's no other way out of poverty but education, and we have to pay for it. You presented your budget to council late last month. Mayor Nutter's last budget, in, which covered 2016, your first year, was just over $4 billion. Your budget, if passed, would be $4.89 billion. That's a 17% increase in spending since you became mayor. It's a big chunk. So in the face of it, someone would say, you know what, the city doesn't have a revenue problem. It has a spending problem. 17% increase in spending over two years is too much. Well, I disagree. And what we're, what we're funding in addition to schools is public safety, which people clamor about what we need, we need to spend it on public safety. Our police commissioner, which I think is one of the best police commissioners in the country, needs a complement of officers at, at 65, 25, 65, 50. We have to fund that in order to make sure our streets are safer than they are. The fire department was decimated over the Nutter years. Uh, 
just totally uh, abandoned. Uh, and we had we had to put back paramedics. We had to put back firefighters to reduce overtime. We had to put we had to get rid of the uh, people were clamoring about you know brownouts and and station closings and and not and having old equipment. So we're, we had to reinvest in our fire and police department in order to do that. We are said we, 17 different departments took a cut this year, including prisons, because we got our prison population from 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 8,000 down to 6,000, 6,100. So we're working in all these areas to try to say to try to make sure government runs efficiently, but you have to fund services because on one hand, people say, I don't want to pay high taxes, and I understand that. On the other hand, I want quality services. Well, it, the, two don't, the two don't work. Ernest and, Owens of Philadelphia Magazine wrote an entire column offering you suggestions on right. how to not raise taxes and cut things I instead. Didn't, I didn't see it. So. The five suggestions. Cut wasteful municipal jobs. What, cut does down, that, what does that mean? I'll just run through them and you can... <laughs> what does cut wasteful jobs mean? Cut down on tax fraud and unpaid taxes. Right. Put pressure on the Philadelphia Parking Authority, which I know you don't run I pressure don't run. on them yep. to go after scoff laws. Eliminate the drop retirement program and reduce incentives for corporations like tax abatements. Well, on the let's go number one. I don't know what that first one means. Number two was what, what was number two? cut down on tax fraud. We have a 96% collection rate at the moment. This, full, this, this phantom 400 million dollars in uncollected real estate doesn't exist. Okay, parking because authority. I don't run them. I mean, the state took. You do appoint someone on. No. Okay. They took it away. Drop retirement. The, the drop. I voted. Look, I was the only council member the year before I ran for re-election to council to vote to end drop. Everybody else voted to keep it. I almost lost my election. So you're preaching so to I'm, the choir I'm, with you. I, I got you. How about these tax abatements? Is it time to stop offering them? It's no, too well, giving away. The I, we should we should study them again. The last time we studied them, it showed that if we eliminated it totally, we'd have the loss of revenue to the schools. If you look at 1997 when the tax abatements first came in to 2007 when those abated properties started coming off, coming back onto the tax rolls, mm -hmm. there are hundreds of millions of dollars in, in new taxes that would have never been collected because the houses would have never Do been. You say built. they're paying for themselves practically. Yes, but there are there there are clearly feelings of unfairness which are which I understand stand totally. But if we want to tweak it, we should tweak it. We should do it the right way. But to eliminate it, I think, is a mistake. Okay. Uh, and not, if I eliminated the tax abatements today, not one new dollar would flow to the school district because we don't know whether or not development will continue at the rate that it's been. Last one. Uh, 27 nominees for the school board. You have to pick nine by Tuesday. I've heard some criticism that there are no business leaders on the nominee list and that maybe you need someone to go in there and take a look at the budget and really see yeah. if there are some places that you're, you can I, cut I, and not affect I, I student I don't have the list. I don't have, well, first of all, the district cut. They had 4,000 less employees than they did when they went through the bad years. I don't want anything cut that's going to affect the classroom. I don't want anything cut that's going to affect our kids' education. So I don't want to go back there again. That's, that's how we got where we are today is by cutting stuff because Harrisburg wasn't either reimbursing us for Charter schools. We have an $800 million charter school bill. It's not refunded. It's it's coming straight out of the bottom line, uh, which is fine because charter schools have their place in, mm. in, in education. But I don't think our traditional public schools should suffer as a result of charter school expansion. Um, and and the, I think that Dr. Height and the SRC went through every possible cut there there is. Um, so if you want to sacrifice kids' education for cuts, then I guess that's what you want. Real quick, the percentage of the likelihood of Amazon coming to Philadelphia. Do you know at all, or I mean, wait, have you uh, heard anything you can tell us? There, it's a very, um, very closed process. They, and that's that's their that's their desire. We've we've made the twenty cut. What we're hearing is that we're that they were a bit wowed over by us when they came for a day and a half. Uh, and I have my fingers crossed, and I hope I hope we get it. I hear DC has like three locations down there. That's 
Yeah. They're, in, they're tops in the running. Well, it's all speculation. Okay. I hope we get it. Mayor Jim we won Kenny. the Super Bowl. We should maybe, we should maybe win Amazon. We're on a roll. We're on a roll. Mayor Jim Kenny, thanks for joining thanks, us in pleasure. Inside Story. Thank you very Appreciate much. It. We'll be right you. back with our panel. Six ABC's Inside Story is presented by Temple University. And now here is our panel, and let us introduce them for you on Inside Story. Jim Eisenhower, attorney, joins us. Good morning, Matt. Good morning, Jim. Jan Ting, law professor. Hey, Matt. Hi, Jan. Charmaine Matlock-Turner, nonprofit executive. Hi, Matt. Hello, Charmaine. And Jeff Jabalera, communications executive. Good morning, Matt. Good morning. All right, before we go into our discussion, we have a podcast called the Travel Mug Podcast. I said to the, the mayor, we have more questions for you. We ran out of time, so I did an interview with him. You can listen to it on the Travel Mug podcast, on iTunes, and also on Google Play. And we also have the Inside Story podcast, where you can actually listen to these shows where you're going to work. So please do check these things out. Uh, before we start the discussion as well, the mayor's spokesperson says that the increase in spending between 2016 and now should really be 10% if you take out entitlements. He wanted to make that point. Charmaine, can Philadelphians afford this tax hike? Um, I think the question is, can we not afford to move forward? Um, I think the mayor made two really good points that I think are important in this discussion. One is that poverty is an issue in Philadelphia that we cannot ignore. We have got to drive down poverty, and I think everyone agrees that the long-term solution is education. At the same time, we're saying that we need to grow. We're attracting the next generation of people to Philadelphia who are soon going to be marrying and having children, and education has to work for them if we're ultimately going to keep them. So I think the investment is an important one, and I think we are continue to look for other areas to drive down costs, but I think we have to make education number one in the city of Philadelphia. Will the hikes drive people out? Well, the thing I didn't hear the mayor talk about is pensions, <clears throat> which now make up 15% of the general fund budget uh, and are projected to grow uh, in the future. Um, this is a problem that politicians of all stripes just kick down the road for somebody else to deal with. It's a growing problem, um, and I think uh, it needs to be brought under control. The private sector has done its job in, in reforming uh, retirement plans, and I think it's incumbent on the city to do something about it, but too. But you know, Matt, I think, I think the mayor made a very good point <clears throat> about the gridlock in Harrisburg. Uh, Harrisburg really has been absolutely no help, particularly with regard to education, uh, which is, under our Constitution, a primary responsibility of the state, uh, yet Philadelphia picks up most of the bill. Uh, and it's one of the biggest issues and one of the biggest problems confronting the city. So uh, I guess you could quibble about are there jobs to cut some here and there, or is there that, that 4% of people that weren't paying their taxes and were collecting 96? But that doesn't really get you to the bottom line. Uh, so unless Harrisburg can step up to the plate and do their job, I don't think Mayor Kenny really has any other choice. Jeff, your thoughts? I, I'm, I'm looking for a little more creativity. Um, what I mean that is, and I do think collecting delinquent taxes, not only is that, according to Alan Dom, I believe, uh, we're looking at maybe around $98 million that could be collected. If that's if, if one quarter of what's outstanding is collected, and that sends a message to Philadelphians about fairness as well. What about public-private partnerships? I'm not saying they're the, the magic bullet. 
Why aren't we looking at our water department? Why aren't we looking at our airport? Why aren't we looking at, again, Philadelphia Gas Works? I know Mayor Nutter tried to do that and he was unsuccessful. Well, try again. We need to send a message to our business community, as well as our parents, as well as our young millennials, that anything is on the table. I've got to move on. Opioid abuse. We're talking about having a citizen opioid overdose rescue team. Philadelphia Health Commissioner Dr. Thomas Farley says the opioid epidemic is so bad, he wants regular citizens to purchase naloxone, an overdose antidote, in the pharmacy, learn how to use it, and carry it with you in case you come across an overdose victim. Jim, is this going a little too far? Well, I'd have to ask the law professor here uh, about, uh, as a, and a lawyer myself, just questions of liability. Uh, if you've got people with, med with a very strong medication that have no medical training or very little, what happens if the person dies from that shot or suffers some uh, bad consequences? Are they going to be suing the, the private citizen? What do you think, Jan? Um, I, I'm a skeptic. Uh, I, I'm not sure that a lot of people want to be put in the position that right. uh, Jim has described. Um, you know, I, I'm thinking, well, I'm unqualified to do that. I, I certainly don't want to be put in that position. But I, I think it's testimony to how desperate the situation has gotten. And I think desperate situations call for desperate solutions. I mean, there's talk about using methadone and other chemical treatments uh, to deal with the uh, the addictions. And it, frankly, <clears throat> I think it's it's we need to put legalization on the table and think about the consequences of a huh. widespread legalization of drugs as a way. Okay. Heroin. dealing with it. <laughs> uh, I, I would, uh, in reference to this case, <laughs> I don't think that I'd go that far with uh, legalizing heroin, but I do think that there are groups of people, especially people who know that they have someone in the family who is um, maybe addicted, and they want to be able to make sure that they are ready and prepared uh, to be able to help that person. So not necessarily I don't think with that strangers. I, right. I don't, I don't sort of feel qualified. I, I wouldn't really sort of know if I saw someone on the street right. whether or not they're homeless they're and just being, being you know, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to handle that, but I do think having mm -hmm. family members trained right. and ready and comfortable to try to help loved ones who are dealing with this addiction could certainly and be a positive thing. Some of that is thing. actually happening. I want to say that there are a lot of programs out there. A lot of the addiction recovery centers do offer free training and some offer free naloxone as well naloxone as well um, and it's a spray mm -hmm. so at least the administration of it is not is very easy and by the way the city is doing a variety of other Education things not the only thing. Yeah, and they're also going after the pharmaceutical companies as you know with Josh Shapiro the attorney general of Pennsylvania is going after him as well uh, let's move on to this Pennsylvania special election that everyone seems to be talking about it but this is little district it's not even going to exist <laughs> after the end of this year democrat connor lamb has declared victory uh in the special election to fill the house seat which is in western pennsylvania uh republican rick sacone has not uh conceded this may take a while to resolve uh, but this is a district that was like full-on trump during the 2016 campaign are democrats declaring too much victory over this and are republicans too much trying to ignore it both, sure. <laughs> Absolutely not. Connor Lamb won in part by adopting a lot of Republican positions as his position. He was a defender of the Second Amendment and guns. He was a defender of uh, President Trump's tariff tariff policies. He was a critic of raising the minimum wage to $15 an hour. So, uh, you know, maybe the lesson for Democrats is act more like Republicans. <laughs> but, but, or at least in a, a district like that. But to right. be fair, I mean, the, the president said that, made a comment that, you know, Lamb ran as a 
Republican. But I guess he's forgetting the part that Lamb is pro-choice and said right. he supports Roe versus Wade, that he opposes uh, the border wall, uh, uh, and that he opposes a lot of things mm -hmm. that Trump uh, had said. So uh, uh, I think Lamb is a classic uh, example of a candidate that really fit the district perfectly. He's just from the district. He's got a lot of youth and energy. Great combination, former Marine and a former federal prosecutor. Yeah. Uh, and Great from what I hear, worked very, very hard. Is it a yeah. harbinger for the midterms? Well, I think what people are looking at is that traditionally, no matter what's going on, the midterm elections, whoever is in the White House, they end up losing seats uh, in the House of Representatives. Right. I think what we're seeing, though, are the number of races or the number of districts that are going to be competitive. Uh, it went from the Democrats only needing about 24, now I think they need 23 seats, to people believing between 100 and 120 seats now nationally are competitive. And so how, I, I think I that that's I think that's a lot to say about how people are feeling about the country. Uh, the only other thing I want to add is that a couple of polls came out including Franklin and Marshall. Normally the number one issue is about the economy. The number one issue that came out in those polls was about how people are feeling about government and elected officials. They're feeling as if they are not doing their job and that things are going in the wrong direction. It's not the economy stupid. Yeah. It's not the economy What's so stupid. Ironic is it's Rick, the elected officials stupid. Rick's <laughs> may be a congressman in a different district in several months. It, the 14th it, who district. Who knows? You could be although, right. The two quick things. One is, and we've said it, district matters, mm -hmm. and, and Connor Lamb fit this district to a T. And number two, candidates matter. And I uh, heard a lot of rumblings of Rick Saccone. He was not an energetic campaigner. He did not do, just saying I'm with Trump was not good enough. And the outside forces, $10 million of outside forces, couldn't, uh, couldn't lift him up. All right, let's talk about New Jersey. Governor Phil Murphy, new to Trenton, had uh, stopped by the station. Rick Williams interviewed him. He unveiled his first budget since taking hold of office, uh, stopped by and talked about what's in it. Here's uh, part of his interview. So I'd say the, the main thrust of our budget is to get back to doing what we used to do really well in our state, which is invest in the middle class and in the dreams of those, as I was growing up, who aspire and look up to get into the middle class. So you see a big dose of investment in public education, higher education, infrastructure, a big focus on values. And it's sort of resetting the state after eight years where the middle class was somewhere between ignored and ravaged. And as part of that, uh, the wealthiest in our state, the biggest corporations, are, are going to pay their fair share. And I think that we'll get back to the place we used to be, including for them, where New Jersey will be that good value for money state. Even for the wealthiest of the big corporations, they'll say, you know what, it's not the cheapest place to live or do business, but boy, you get a lot back for what you pay. So he wants to tax the wealthy. He wants to boost education and mass transit, recreational marijuana legalization. Some of his opponents are calling his budget Florio II. Now, for those who don't remember, uh, Governor Jim Florio was ousted from office after raising taxes on New Jerseyans back in the 1990s. Could this be Florio II? I think it's funny that they would come up with something some so long ago. Uh, I have a hard time remembering uh, Governor <laughs> Florio. Um, I, I think to be fair to, to the governor, he's he's got a, a big ditch he's got to dig himself out of, uh, created by the, his predecessor, Governor Christie, uh, who uh, had a lot of wrong-headed policies and then went off and virtually ignored the state for the last year while he ran for president. So uh, I think he's got a, uh, like I said, a big ditch he's still kind of kind of climbing out of it.
Uh, you well, know what's interesting is, is his own party is a little lukewarm on this. They are. Now, granted, this is like a starting position. Like, I'm, right. I'm placing my bet here. It's $1.6 billion in new spending or new taxes. And they're testing the water. They're testing the water. But, but I don't see a lot of bit. He can say the wealthy and pay their fair share, and that sounds great. It's a great slogan. But businesses are making decisions every day on where to invest, and businesses are the ones that are, ma are creating jobs. Right, but I would argue that the last election, a lot of people talked about the real issue here is a declining middle class. And if you're going to try to rebuild the middle class, you've got to be a little bit more aggressive. And if you don't put a bold vision in in your first year in first office where you get right. a chance to really sort of say, this is why I'm here, then I don't, as, as politics starts to play, it becomes harder and harder for you to get yeah, any of those kind of things. I'd be happy to take the New Jerseyans who want to move what, out of the state. What struck me <laughs> about that interview with with Governor Murphy is how much he sounded like Mayor Kenny in talking about the middle class and focusing on the middle class. Maybe they're reading from the same cue cards. <laughs> um, and like Philadelphia, New Jersey has a gigantic and growing pensions problem that they're simply unwilling to address. I know the political um, kick will. the can yeah. down the road, but that's a, that's a biggie, and sooner or later it's going to catch up with New Jersey as it will the city of Philadelphia. Now, with recreational marijuana, a lot of people People say, hey, let's do it because you get the tax revenue. Governor Murphy says he wants to do it because too many people are in jail. That shouldn't be. That's a way of cutting expenses. Right. You know, you cut on cut down on the jail expenses and right. you get the tax revenue yeah, from yeah. the it's from the super, marijuana. Yeah. And you know exactly. what Mayor Kenny you said? Get marijuana. Mayor Kenny said we should do it here in Absolutely. Pennsylvania. Absolutely. And what I mean, Mayor that's Kenny what a lot said people are saying. it's because Absolutely. we're gonna lose out on the revenue. Right. Absolutely. And we will. Right. And it will happen. It's just when. Right. And Pennsylvania, like usual, will be one of the last right. states. Kind of like exactly. gaming. Each state is going right. to compete with yes. each other. Right. Mm -hmm. It's coming. It's coming. Also, the good thing about it is Governor Murphy's doing it early on. And Rather New Jersey tends to be much more progressive. Yeah, okay. And Delaware. Inside Stories of the Week coming up. 6ABC's Inside Story is presented by Temple University. Inside Stories of the Week leading off for us, Jim Eisenhower. Matt, this week uh, Governor Wolf announced a whole package of ethics reform. Didn't get a lot of coverage. Uh, had some interesting things in there about legislators double dipping and uh, cutting back on their expenses. But to me, the most important facet was the first a serious attempt to limit campaign contributions in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Right now, you can contribute any amount to, campaign, uh, to uh, campaigns. He wants to limit it to the federal number of about $2,700. It's a start. Thanks, Jim. Jim. This week, Hillary Clinton was in India, and she made an explanation about why she lost the election, saying that the states that went for President Trump were backwards, um, that uh, they were inhabited by people who don't want black people to have rights, who don't want women to have jobs. And uh, and she said a lot of women voters uh, were... were uh, pressured by their husbands and other males to vote for Trump. Um, there's been a tremendous backlash against that from both Republicans and Democrats and, and analogizing it to her earlier statement about deplorables during the campaign. And um, I just think the reality is um, the fact that people know how the elites think is not going to help them. Thank you, Jan. Charmaine. Well, I know we're in the middle of March Madness and getting ready for all kind of political contests, but I'm asking everyone to focus a little bit past those contests and begin to think about the wonderful summer that's coming up. And you know what happens during the summer? Work. It's time for teens to Work. get summer jobs. So the window is open for young people to sign up, as well as for those who can hire a teen this summer or make a contribution. Maybe that March 
Madness money you won, you can contribute it to a summer job. Good idea. Thank you, Charmaine. Jeff? There's been reports that Ryan Costello in the current version of the, the what is the 6th Congressional District is not going to run. Not true, uh, according to many people that I've talked to close to his campaign. There's also some strong Republican candidates in what would be the new 5th Congressional District. Two women in particular that I'm looking at, Pearl Kim and uh, Claire Putnam-Pazos, if I'm saying her last name correct. Candidates matter. These are Republicans to look out for to make that district remain competitive after me. Thanks to Mayor Jim Kenney for joining us, and he's always invited to come back. That's inside.